0: We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. You can call now, leave a message. They'll return your call, 905-529-7165. That's 905-529-7165. And check out the website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon, all one word, .com. You can ask a listener question there via the listener inquiry button And, of course, listen to old archive shows as well. Good morning, gentlemen. Good to see you all. Good morning, Scott. Uh, we're going to talk about wills. You know, we were talking just before air. Who's going to handle wills? No, Andy, you no. do it. No, Don, you do it. It's like nobody, no one, nobody. no wonder no one can get a will done. You guys <laughs> can't great. even agree on it. And mom and daughter are saying the same thing. <laughs> exactly. Things, <you> know? <laughs> well, if Andy and Don can't agree on it, uh, 51% of Canadians don't have a will. 51%? 50,
1: 50. Uh, Yeah. No, yeah, no, right. you do it. Flip a coin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, man. this was, this was an Angus Reid study that came across my desk, uh, last week and I, and I, and I. And I know the number stood out and I just, it just reaffirmed exactly what I thought that 51% of us, over half of us don't have wills. Mm. And so I thought Does it was- Does that include
0: a, updated wills? Like what if you have one, but that's it needs a really, to be That's a
1: really good question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Angus Reed did part of their study was to understand in that category as well, mm. what do we really mean by having a will? And so, uh, I'll step you through kind of what the research tells us and, um, and some insight as to why we're not doing it as well. So, uh, there's a test here for God at some point. So, <clears throat> well, so remember, uh, remember Prince when Prince died? Yeah. Three hundred million dollar estate wow. and no will. Oh man, wow, that's no the size will. of a small town. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you know he that's right. he never <laughs> that's got, probably how never been, got many people to are to contesting it too. You're right, you know, exactly. <laughs> yes, <you're laughs> right, actually that'll be interesting for the law books to see how long it takes to mm-hmm. actually settle all that and yeah. have that completely uh, done with. And and yeah. uh, it'll be years, I'm sure. So y- y- in essence, what's happening is that fifty one percent of Canadians don't have an estate plan. Mm-hmm. They they really have set us or created no direction in terms of how their assets are going to be distributed at death. And so we want to understand a little bit more about uh, who, who these people are, where do they live? What are their ages? What are their incomes? And we can get a little bit of history in terms of why we're not doing wills. So the first one is, uh, is basically, you know, who, who doesn't have a will and they broke it down based on age category. So, but if you die without a will, you, you're called, it's called you've died intestate. Intestate is I guess a Latin word meaning basically when the law, in the law world, meaning uh, without a will or an absence of a will. So uh, in the group 18 to 34, 15% say yes, they have a will, 78% no. Mm -hmm. Uh, 35 to 54, 29% said yes, they have a will. 57% said no. In age 55, plus, 58% said they had a will, 20% said no, they do not have a will. Hmm. They might be saying, wait a minute, those numbers don't add up yeah, to 100%. I was just thinking there. Yeah, there's something wrong with yeah. the math. Well, that leaves the whole category that you were talking about, which was an out of date will. Right. So they felt that enough had changed in their circumstances that they really consider themselves or most likely that their will is out of date. So let's mm-hmm. look at those numbers 18 to 34, 7% said it's out of date. 35 to 54, 14% out of date and 55 plus, 22% out yeah. of date. So basically the 55 plus group, 58% have a will, but 40 to 42% either it's, they don't have a will or it's out of date and yeah. probably not reflecting what their true needs are. So in, in essence, I think that the, the concern is the out of date one is probably more problematic in many ways because now there's something happening perhaps in that will that was unintended.
0: Right. Yeah. I was just about to ask you what would be worse having one that is isn't updated or not one at all. I, I mean know. If, if your family scenario has changed as far as marriage what have you mm-hmm. the out of date will mm-hmm. could be just as bad. Yeah, Especially the
2: and, new spouse wouldn't agree we would totally agree with you there. That's yeah. right or you, or <laughs> exactly. your children, you right there's your children. There's that 50
1: cho- yeah. thing again. Mm-hmm. Your children are in, in, inevitably children who often will look at this after the fact and yeah. look and think, "Oh, I can't believe mom or dad didn't get that updated, you know? And we all ask that questions, but then if you ask them themselves, probably half of them haven't even bothered to do it as (laughs) well. 51%. So, exactly. So, um, looking at income, so breaking it down based on how much income you make, if you make less than 50K, 46% said, uh, no, they do not have a will, 44% yes. If you make between 50 and 100,000, 49, 51. So again, mm. the numbers are pretty close. And if you make over 100,000, uh, 55% said yes, and 45% said no. So clearly there's an evolution. The more you have, the more inclined you are to, uh, to make sure your will is up to date. So what about gender? Does it break down any difference between men and oh, women? Oh, now this will get ugly. <laughs> I'm, gonna live I'm forever. not, I'm not going to ask you to, I'm not going to ask you to pick a side here, but, I, uh, um, I'm going to uh,
2: guess I w- males um, are the biggest procrastinators. What do you think, Scott?
0: I don't know. I, um, I'm going to say, uh, you know, this is a, this is a crap shoot. Oh, uh, uh, you said female. I, said, say, male. No, I said, said male. I said male. I said male. Okay. I'll say female then.
1: So Scott is correct. Yeah. Scott is correct. (laughs) 53% of men, 53%
0: 53
1: of men have a will, have a will, uh, versus 46% of women. Wow. Okay.
0: Is that, do you think that's because they may be, and this is going to sound stereotypical, but they may be more likely to control finances or be in charge of that?
1: yeah you you know what that's 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 an interesting question yeah so it it just tends to be maybe the finances fell under the in in sort of an old-school thought fall only under the the males sort of side of the equation in terms of dealing with that or figuring it out but the other hand there's a lot of um, widowed female as they get older Mm -hmm. and so you think that would be then skew more towards them as they Mm -hmm. get their wills updated more and more of them would have a will Mm -hmm. so gender makes a difference as well and then what about across the country So if you were to guess, which province has the most wills completed? Which province did they survey said that we have more yes to the completed wills versus no's?
0: Uh, Boy, this is a crapshoot. I'll say Alberta. Saskatchewan.
1: Saskatchewan was at the bottom. (laughs) <laughs> they were the worst. <laughs> You're 0 for two, by the way. Wow. <laughs> Nobody's keeping score here. 42 <laughs> percent. Uh, only 42 percent of those in Saskatchewan and Manitoba indicated that they had a will. Wow. And uh, you said Alberta. Yeah. Alberta was third from the bottom. So hmm. second next was uh, the Atlantic provinces at 44 percent said they had a will. Alberta 45 percent. Ontario 46 percent. British Columbia. 54% really? and Quebec, 58% of Quebecers indicated that they have a will. Really?
0: We're
2: pulling up the average <laughs> of those Quebecers.
1: Now wow. it might be, now One I, I think the statistics there in terms of Ontario is that we're certainly, and uh, some of the provinces that are skewed towards a younger population, the younger the, younger, oh, yeah. the, younger the individual, the, fewer, the, most, the less likely they are to have a will to right. begin with. Yeah. And uh, so why not, right? Why aren't we doing this? And identified five main reasons, and I'm going to give you the five reasons, and then you're going to, you guys, this is your chance to redeem yourself, Don. I'm going to give you, (laughs) (laughs) which do you think is the number one reason for not doing your will? So the first one I'm going to give you is, uh, I'm too young. Reason number two, not enough assets. Reason number three, too expensive. Reason number four, I don't want to think about dying. And reason number five, it's too time consuming.
0: I would say, I would have said the last one.
1: T- too time consuming. Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. I, I'd go with number two, but really I don't think, I think deep down they say they don't want to think about dying, but they don't want to give that answer. So time consuming
1: huh. was, uh, was Scott yeah. and don't want to think about dying was Dawn. So, uh, time consuming was the least lowest excuse. <laughs> Wait, what the heck does that you say struck about out me? There. <laughs> <laughs> and don't want to think about Clearly, dying I was the n- second lowest <laughs> excuse.
2: <laughs> They're rationalizing it. They really knew that's the answer though. Uh,
1: but listen, here's the fascinating thing about that one, Don, is they skew between men and women. Don't want to think about dying. Who do you think, and it's almost twice the oh, difference man. in terms of the men. number. men. Men said 11 percent yeah. do not no, want to no, don't because they, they they want to think about dying. Yeah. Women were only six percent. Yeah, I believe so. It. Big skew there. And in terms of time consuming, men said seven percent. Seven percent of men said that was the main reason. Four percent of women. So those were the two lowest ones. Mm. The next one uh, was too expensive, at 18 percent, cited as the excuse is too expensive. This is skewed the other way. Men said 12 percent of that was their reason. Women said 23 percent, almost hmm. twice as many women identified it's too expensive mm. as the reason not to do it. And then we get into the last two and the, <clears throat> the runner up is not enough assets followed by the number one reason too young. Hmm. too young so that more often than anything suggested that they were and this was a pretty the 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 not enough assets was pretty much bang on between men and women 20 and 25 percent and then too young 30 percent of men felt they were too young 20 percent of women felt they were too young as well
2: and they okay too, too young. They could be 70 and they still think they're too young, okay? And it comes still down to they 29? don't want to think about dying.
0: <laughs> Plus, p- people probably just don't think it's a priority. Uh, you know, true. I mean, it's, you know, oh yeah, that's something I got to do, but it's like eighth or ninth on the list as opposed to the top five.
1: And And I think the only other one that I've noticed too is as people actually they might make the initial steps mm. and then suddenly they get stalled because yeah. they need to find, they need to identify who's going to be a guardian for the children. They need to identify who's going to uh, be an executor or a, their, their trustees, or who's going to be their power of attorney. So all of a sudden they have an argument over, well, should it be my sister, your brother, my, you know, your aunt, your uncle. And, and and oftentimes people get stuck in terms of who it's going to be. Can't you just write it down on a napkin?
0: Remember they used to say, if you just write it down, it A will...
1: holograph will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it's called.
0: Is that what it is? A handwritten
1: will is a holograph Ah. will. And and if it's signed and in your handwriting, there is legitimacy to that for sure. Right. Hmm. So with 49, sorry, only 49% of us having a will, 51% of us not having a will, what happens in Ontario if you die without a will? So if you die intestate, the province of Ontario has under section 45 and 46 of the Ontario's Succession Law Reform Act. And section one of its regulations indicates that if you're a surviving spouse, so in this example, it's a married couple and let's say they have three children. Okay. So one spouse dies and the value of their estate is a million dollars for round figures. So the spouse dies, one spouse dies without uh, a will. And so the surviving spouse, under the rules of the Ontario Succession Law Reform Act, would receive the first two hundred thousand dollars from the estate.
0: Oh yeah, this gets weird. Doesn't so it?
1: now a hundred, so out of the million, two hundred grand to the spouse, that leaves eight hundred thousand. So with the three children, uh, she would get or he would get one third. Of the remainder. Mm-hmm. So of the 800,000, that's 266,000, mm-hmm. meaning that your surviving spouse gets 466,000 of the million dollar estate, 534,000 would be divided equally between the three children, hundred and seventy. Why does it just go each. to
0: your spouse? And then when they die, then that
1: all kicks in. That's. Why you would have a will? Yeah. If you want that to happen, <laughs> yes. if you want that to happen, you need to have a will that specifies yeah, that. The Government
2: right. has their version of your will, but yeah. so you can create your own. Yeah. And I
1: just want to point out one other factor too. Let's say one of those three children had predeceased you. And so, um, their share, if they had children would carry on down that line to your grandchildren in essence and and insulate them. So they would still be, and that's called per stirpes, meaning that it's, uh, it's divided equally amongst the three, assuming there's grandchildren as well. So there you go. Get a will, folks.
0: We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. 905-645-905-549. I'm giving you my phone number. Uh, 905-529-7165. That's 905-529-7165. Call now. Leave a message. They'll return your call. We're coming right back. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. Call now. Leave a message. They'll return your call, 905-529-7165. And check out the website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. 12 financial planning mistakes that often you uh, come across your desk.
2: Yes, uh, and and there's definitely 12 I could come up with. There may be more. And certainly, uh, you know, if any listener out there likes to say, you forgot this one, feel free to contact us. (laughs) Email us. (laughs) No. But there was a survey of 5,200 people recently. 47% 47% of people, kind of goes with your will subject you just mm-hmm. went to Andy, 47% have money worries causing emotional stress. Of those, of those people, 40% of those people, so 40 out of the 47, so almost uh, this whole amount, lose sleep over these financial worries. Mm. And yet it's a taboo. Mm. It's something nobody wants to talk about. Only yeah. half of those people losing sleep ever tell anybody about it. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a, another hashtag moment. Yeah. Okay? If
1: you just avoid it, it goes away, doesn't it?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag debt troubles too. Okay, whatever <laughs> That's it is. Right. And we are more in debt right now mm. than ever. And it actually should be healthy to talk about debt as opposed to, oh yeah, I can go out for dinner with you. Mm. And thinking in the back of my mind, hey, I'm already racked up my credit cards or yeah. whatever it is. So I've come up with these things that people have done in the past and currently and still do all the time. And number one is getting on that gold rush. And what I mean by that is buying that hot stock or a hot thing that happens to be at everybody's you know, tip of the tongue.
0: The weed it, stocks. The weed
2: stock right now, absolutely. Yep. They're or, called
1: healthcare stocks. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yes,
2: they are in the healthcare <laughs> sector. It's <laughs> cannabis. Right, right on. <clears throat> and... Uh, or cryptocurrencies is a hot thing right now. Oh yeah! But if it wasn't that, it wasn't long ago we're talking about gold. hmm And gold stocks were going through the roof, <laughs> and everybody they're buying, they're selling gold in a couple places where you literally put money in a machine and you got a gold bar out of it. It was that's how hot it was, and everybody wanted gold. Now since then, and this is going back about eight or nine years ago now, it hasn't gone up a penny. Hmm. It's, it's so you would have made no return. There's no dividends. There's no interest. It's pure speculation. Um, currency buying currency. You know, you can say, "Oh, you know, I want to. I, I think it's a good time to buy the U.S. dollar before uh, it goes down or up, or whichever yeah. direction." So, people buying currency again—it's pure speculation. Um, oil stocks. wasn't long ago. Everybody was moving their money in the resource sector, the energy sector. Mm. It turns out, in the last ten years, you've made a zero percent rate of return. Hmm. But at the time, you just finished seeing it go up a hundred percent that's when everybody wants to buy into it. So there's that gold rush mentality, tech stocks in 2000. Yeah. We saw everybody and we literally mm. I you know, I go back to the year 2000, we were actually losing clients because they want they we, we we wouldn't do what they asked for. Oh, mm-hmm. well, I want pu- you should put all my money in the high tech fund or the yeah. uh, technology fund. No, that's not a good idea. Um, and we might say, "Okay, we'll put 5% there." Yeah. No, I want 30. I'm not doing it and they would lose their lose them as clients, but then they also lost their money. Yeah. So the whole point is smart diversified investing, again, we can't talk about this enough. Asset allocation, it's boring. And if you do want to have a couple of flyers, you know, have a, a certain percentage of your portfolio that you could afford to lose. Yeah. But don't bank on it to make your fortune. And those bit um, those cryptocurrency millionaires right now that you're hearing about, hey, mm. um, it's great. It's a it's a huge win. Most of them. I would have
0: sold it twenty grand.
2: Oh, there's no, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Now it's ten or whatever it is. Yeah. Now it's around that. But yeah, it, it's absolutely. Um, you're betting on what it's worth at any given day. Mm-hmm. Number two, buying a new car or a new truck when you don't have to. And we can rationalize this to death. Uh-huh. We can absolutely say we need that new vehicle. I can and help you with that if you need it. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many reasons. And I know, uh, Andy, you, you got your, your dad's vehicle or something. Yes, yeah. And, and you're driving that recently and still driving like a dream.
1: It drives, it just floats along like the a big couch. family truckster <laughs> <laughs> it
0: floats <Yeah>. like <laughs> a couch. <laughs>
1: They call it the big comfy couch. The back seat is a couch, <laughs> that's isn't it? Right, actually, yeah. much. but you know what? You, you realize it doesn't take long to realize. You know, it's li- literally it's just a vehicle getting me from A to B, yeah. and uh, you know, there, there's no status around uh, around it at the end of the day. Um, so it, it's it's more about just the practicality. I think times
0: have changed in that respect too. Because I remember my dad would buy a car. It seemed every few years, like every three or four years, right, he was right. looking for a new car. Now, mind you, back then they didn't last as long as they do now. And that's a very good true. Thing. But nowadays, it's like it's not uncommon for people to keep them yeah. eight, 10 years. Well, yeah. leasing
1: has gotten popular, Again, so that yeah. also creates yeah. a lot of turnover in That's vehicles. That's right, for yeah. sure. Yeah.
2: So, so you look at the cost of this, and how much does it really cost? So, you not only okay, you buy this BMW or this truck, and you know <coughs> a pickup truck can cost sixty thousand
0: dollars easily. Yeah.
2: You know, they don't look like as much. Then new. you got to fill it up. <laughs> yeah, That's exactly. Right. So, but you're looking at sixty grand. So, I did a scenario here: a sixty thousand dollar car loan at one percent. And they think, well, okay, that's a great deal, or even 0%. But I use this at 1%. And now what they're doing, they're amortizing them over seven years, 84-month payments. Because they're
0: lasting longer. Right.
2: Yeah. And so it's a $740 per month payment. Now, let's say you have a a three- or four-year-old car. Well, you really didn't need it. You could have got by. Mm -hmm. But boy, do I want that car or Mm -hmm. truck. So let's say you didn't. You say I'm going to not buy the vehicle. I'm going to take that 740 a month, because all of a sudden you can afford 740 a month somehow. 740, okay. <laughs> and it mm-hmm. can, you can get this. But instead, you took the 740 a month and put it into an RSP, and that's eight hundred, eight thousand eight hundred eighty. But you can't
0: drive that down the roadway uh, on a summer <laughs> day. <not> boring, right? <laughs> you know. <laughs>
2: and let's say you're in a forty percent tax bracket. That saves you um, thirty-five hundred and fifty-two dollars. In taxes, you're going to get a refund check for that amount, which you then turn around and put that in your kid's RESP. And you're going to get one point. So you end up with thirty-five fifty-two That goes into the RESP, which they add another 20%. So you end up with $4,262 added to the RESP. So you're getting maximum government funding on this mm. between tax savings and, and grant. So after 10 years...
0: What about if I'm getting one of those fancy-dancy rebates on my truck, though?
2: Oh, yeah. Well, that'll be $700. <laughs> and the depreciation from <laughs> the time you bought it to the time you got the rebate would have more than offset that. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, that's a great point. But
1: do, after- do you have a will yet, though? That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> You're driving that thing. I have to now. I got a brand new truck. <laughs> <That's right. laughs>
2: So here we are 10 years later, and those RSPs, by saving it, would be worth $74,500. Mm. Okay, by taking that $8,800, and that's using a 6% rate of return. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, banking on the moon here of 10%, 12%. 6% is actually conservative. And the RESP after that 10 years, would just by using the tax savings, would be another $34,700. So here we are, 7 years later, you either have a 7-year-old BMW, and you've now driven your other car into the ground. Uh. It might have been whatever vehicle is now a 10, 11-year-old vehicle. Mm-hmm. We definitely need a car now. Yeah. But instead, you got this old vehicle, but you have $109,000 sitting there and you, versus having a 7-year-old BMW that was, or a truck or what have you, that has now gone from $60,000 and it might be worth about 8000 yeah, maybe yeah. because they depreciate so quickly. So the, the whole point is trying to be practical on a vehicle absolutely can make the difference of being financially independent or not. Mm. That's how much, because this is the second largest purchase of your life. Yeah. Yeah. it's very expensive. And
0: Andy was talking about leasing. It's amazing how many people now are buying these vehicles off of leases instead of buying them brand new, because we all know that's when they depreciate the, the most is in that first market. year. Exactly. First A lot of years. used
1: car buyers. And yeah. uh, I know clients that say, I always buy something that's yeah. two to two to four years old. I've never bought new. And, and even then, they're able, after it's being two or two to four years old, stretching it out over an eight to 10 year yeah. cycle before they have to do it again. Yeah. yeah.
2: So no, the leasing uh, is the you're, again, paying over and over again for the highest. It's always nice to have that new car smell,
1: mm-hmm. but you're paying for it. Yeah.
2: Okay. So number three, telemarketers. Okay. This one is maybe my pet peeve. I just had this happen over the weekend. Maybe that's fresh in my mind. Is
1: this the same as the home shopping channel? Uh, not
2: quite. Not quite. <laughs> okay. But again, you're, you're actually at least going to the channel yourself. Okay. These are okay. the ones that <laughs> <Yeah>. are- <laughs> Unsolicited. <yeah. laughs> These are unsolicited. They're calling you. <laughs> and there's a few scams out there right now. Um, one was cruises. Okay, mm-hmm. and trying to get you on cruises, and you hear that big horn go off, and they mm. and they call, they have stopped that one recently. Revenue Canada, um, yeah, CRA, it's a big one. Yeah, it's it's got so mm. many people mm-hmm. that one. In fact, I heard of somebody recently a thirty thousand dollars. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> again, it could be it's hearsay, but again, even if it was a thousand dollars is too much. And I and recently on the weekend I got the. My computer has a virus, and it's Microsoft calling. Yeah, I had that. And I said, you know, it's kind of funny you calling me because I don't—I only have an Apple product. Yeah. And they hung up. Okay. Mm So just don't get caught up in this. Anybody calling, and I guess it's getting—they're getting getting desperate. So many people are cutting the cord with their phones now; Mm. they don't have the cell numbers. But um, and perhaps I'm getting them
0: on cell phone now. Are you? Are yes, really?
2: Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. The last year or so. Mm-hmm. And you say you're not on the do not call list. They just laugh. Yeah. They, they don't even care. They're no. calling from some foreign country and yeah. they don't really. Yeah. The, the number we got was only like a five digit number that came up too. Oh, is that which right? Which is very <laughs> odd. I knew yeah. it was going to be telemarketer, but I kind of felt in the mood to string them along a little mm-hmm. bit. So it was kind of interesting.
0: I played them on the air. I've, I've taken the recorded, they've leave recorded oh. messages on our answering yes. machine. I take them and yeah. play them on the air and call them back. I had a guy on the air one time for 20 minutes before he realized what I was doing. Wow. <laughs> was hilarious. Yeah. They <laughs> just, you know, they'll just keep plucking away until they get Amazing. what they want. Hit yeah. the
1: right buttons yeah, and yeah. play the old, so, you'll yeah. agree. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, buyer beware, be careful with these. And particularly <laughs> if uh, you have single parents yeah. that are a little older. That's certainly where they're going after. Um, yeah. If your mother or father passed away and left uh, your mother behind or father behind, um, they are definitely hitting the older clients. Yeah. And they say, you know, they're threatening police will be coming to the door if you don't give us a check for, mm-hmm. and it'll be the Revenue Canada one. Mm-hmm. So I actually listened to one from a client's house, and it's appalling, really. Yeah, it is. So yeah. so number th- three would be scams. Number four, borrowing for vacations. Okay. This one here is, again, a pet peeve of mine and why I, why I see this, and I'm, I guess, you know, maybe it's a millennial thing. They, were, they grew up very well mm-hmm. with their parents. They went on lots of vacations. Now they're spending their own money. Mm. And they're starting to get into debt because they now have a house perhaps. Or, uh, you know, there's just a lots of a new vehicle. And they got some loans, student loans still. Mm-hmm. And even worse, they have credit cards. And yet, they'll still go on a vacation. We need this. And even if you had the money in your bank account, it's still borrowing, yeah, because you didn't pay off your credit card. Mm. That money could have gone. Oh, against that your hurts, credit card. Don.
0: <laughs> man. And so there's always though, someone to pay. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: True enough. The credit cards are probably the worst, though. Yeah. It's it's uh, you know when you're paying 20 or 28 percent. Yeah. And you decide to still go away, then I would say, just... That
0: better st- be a darn good vacation. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: and, and really, in a sense, you are borrowing. Yeah. The fact you're not paying down your debt. Um, becoming house poor, number five, mm-hmm. buying way too much house, mm-hmm. and then realizing you start going into debt because of it. Mm-hmm. You never sat down with a financial planner before you bought the house mm-hmm. and worked out the payments. And talking about emotional buy, um, cars are an emotional buy, but houses oh, yeah. are, are more so. Mm-hmm. And we can always rationalize that. Okay, um, you know, we it's need good this, It's a good debt. It will go up in value, but you know, you don't have to buy brand new. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at, uh, you know, the houses I bought along the way. Um, I rented out part of it, the first one. Mm-hmm. The next one was an older house I had of my own. And the next one was an older house that I renovated. And it's only because, I, you know, you bought within your, within your means. Yeah. And sure enough, I would have loved to buy the brand new one, mm-hmm. but it didn't make financial sense at the time. Okay. And so you're looking again, the millennials buying brand new condos, looking at 500 bucks a square foot. Mm. That's what they're going for. So 1,000 square feet for $500,000. Hmm. It just doesn't seem right. Yeah. And you're just setting yourself up for, for further debt. Uh, number six, lending or giving money to your kids or parents. Um, I've, I've seen this to the point now that people are, are kind of stuck in the sandwich generation. They're lending to the kids to help buy a house. Mm-hmm. They're lending to their parents to get them through because they are running out of money. Yeah, And so they're getting to the point themselves that they will not be able to retire themselves. They're, they're giving so much it hurts. And in fact, I have one client that is given, they've sold their house to move an apartment, they're financially independent, that was five years ago, but they've had to give so much money to their kids over the years because they got in financial hardship right. that they had to bail them out. Well, I guess the point is, do you have to bail them out or do you let them sink and just go bankrupt?
0: Tough love. Yeah,
2: and if mm-hmm. it's gonna mean you're gonna drag them down, what if you didn't have the money? Yeah. What if you absolutely gave them every penny you had and you now no longer have money, then where are they going to go?
0: What happens when your money runs out? That's what I'm getting at. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, so again, this here is extremely important. You may be able to help them once, but the second time you just can't do it. Um, not thinking longevity, not thinking you're going to live long. I, you know, it's, uh, we have the actual t- tables that say how long you're going to live. I would suggest most people don't think they're going to get near uh, there. My parents are always saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't live that long. Yeah, I won't <laughs> tell you what our <coughs> response is, but. <laughs> <laughs> so they'll spend more now. They'll spend way too much now and they'll run out. And the other one that I, is, is kind of the Canada pension plan. I want to grab it at 60 versus 65 or even 70. Mm. And that is a calculation of, it makes a big difference. It m- could mean the difference from 650 bucks to 1100 bucks mm-hmm. a month. And that's a index pension for life. And certainly I would suggest most people are living past the age of 74. Yeah. But I still have this question all the time. When should I take out the CPP? And they're thinking they should get it out early. And I'm usually one saying, well, you should live past 74.
1: Mm-hmm. And there's
2: no guarantees. But what if you did? And it's almost insurance of longevity by yeah. taking it at 65. mm mm-hmm. um, Number eight, being too safe and or being too aggressive. And it seems to be both brains working here. I got a lot of uh, clients that came from a kind of a place where GICs or bank accounts or Canada savings bonds were the way they built up net worth. Yeah. Well, when they're paying less than 2% and you're not keeping up with inflation, which they never have, you will run out of money or you have to have such a big pile of it that you will slowly run out of it anyway. You just, hopefully you'll die before you run out. So you need to have a proper plan an investment plan that is to invest properly. Now going to the other side, I'm seeing people, I got to get more aggressive, you know, um, I'm make near up for retirement. lost time. Exactly. <coughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. I haven't, I got to have, I got, I didn't do well before and I got five years. I'm going to go all in. It's like, mm. it's like a poker game. Yeah, really? Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't do that either. Um, both are wrong. So, um, not taking advantage, number nine, not taking advantage of the work plan. And this one here is one of my uh, my biggest ones that yeah. i kind of pet peeves that it would affect you the most. And I, I want to go through all the numbers of what it could cost you, but I'm going to save that one for after our break here.
0: All right. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. Call now. Leave a message They'll return your call at 905-529-7165. That's 905-529-7165. And check out the website, andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon, all one word, .com. There you can ask a question via the listener inquiry button. You can also listen to old archive shows that you may have missed. We are planning your financial future. We're coming right back. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. Check the website out at andyanddon.com. As well, you can give them a call and leave a message now. They will return your call at 905-529-7165. Talking about 12 common financial planning mistakes.
2: Yeah, we got through the first date, and mm-hmm. here we are on number nine. And number nine is not taking advantage of that work plan. You know, it's it's funny. I did a uh, a, a group a client of mine when I first met them. They were 50% using it, and 50% were not using it. It mm. was 100% matching. Mm. And so wow. we educated them, mm. and that number went over 85% once we educated them. But still, 15% weren't doing it.
0: I remember but, sitting around. I think it was a Christmas party or something with a pile of people, and everyone was talking about what the stocks were worth of their company. Huh. <laughs> and you know, and you know, someone asked me, and it's like. I don't know i sell them as soon as they come in yeah simply because as you've said or about to you've made your money
2: yeah you made your why
0: 15 20 whatever they're adding why not then just flip it into your own portfolio and then go from there what's the advantage to hanging on to it you've made your money right right that's the benefit they're giving you that's a guaranteed benefit yeah
2: whether it goes up after that
0: i'm not a expert on your company
2: or your stock and, and i would suggest most employees aren't ask the people from nortel
0: but, it, you know, and it was funny because half the people at the dinner table just sort of sit th- stood, uh, sat there like a deer in the headlights <laughs> of a car and the other were nodding their heads. Yeah, I don't care. Just I, wow. as soon as I get it, I unload it and I put it into my own scenario. Right. So it was like half right. got it, half didn't. It was oh, bizarre. That's... that's... Like Great. there was pride in the company stock. It's like, no, they've given you the money, move on.
2: And you know what, working with financial planners, look at you, are like the expert at the table man. now. You know?
0: <laughs> Shh, Scott's talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How come they just hit me with rolls then? <laughs>
2: <laughs> but um, you're not taking advantage of the work plan. So there's, for example, let's say there's a 4% plus 4% matching, which is kind of a common one. Mm-hmm. And so let's say you're 30 years old, you're making 70000 a year, you're doing pretty good, and you have this, but you've got debt, you want things to do. 4% means you'd are putting. you have to put away $2,800 and the company would give you $2,800 and add it to the plan. Mm-hmm. But that's tax deductible, that $2,800. And you're in a 30% tax bracket making 70000 So it really costs you $1,960 a year, which really works out to $163 a month. Mm-hmm. So you're saying, no, I can't afford $163 a month after tax to do this plan. Well, let's say, how much does that cost you? I'll do it when I'm 40. I'm only 30, I'm young. Mm. I don't have to do it now. Mm. You know, wait, wait till I'm older. I got stuff to do. Well, after 10 years, it works out that you would have $74,000 in the plan. Okay, so you'd have this head start 10 years later. So then you start at 40 and you're starting from scratch. You have zero money. But you're going to start and I'm going to assume your your income never changes. It's mm. 70,000 the whole way, which is probably not right either. You would have had a lot of raises and it would right. have been more than 74,000. However, starting at at age 40, you start the plan, you would have $307,000. And you say, "Look at Don. I did pretty good. I got $307,000 mm. and at I started age at 40." At 65. At thanks. 65. Thanks, yeah. thanks, Andy. Right. So starting at age 40 till 65, $307,000. How much more do you think you would have had if you started at age 30? I don't know. Well, it just happens. Double? I have this answer. <laughs> Double? Double? <laughs> well, you're pretty darn close, Andy. It mm-hmm. actually works out. You'd end up with another 317000 mm. wow. By waiting those 10 years, yeah. it's $317,000. i have only used a 6% rate of return here. So by procrastinating those 10 years, you it costs you half your, half your retirement. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I know you can rationalize it every which way you can as a 30-year-old, but at the end of the day, it's half your retirement. And the
0: earlier you start, the better. Oh, mm-hmm. Fantastic.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So tax bracket management. Biggest question right now, it's RSP time. Should I buy an RSP? Should I buy a TFSA? Mm-hmm. What should I do? <coughs> well, let's say you're making $40,000 now. 10 years from now, you are making $100,000. And at retirement, you're back to $30,000. Well, I pr- you're in a 20% tax bracket now. When you're making hundred you're in a 43.5% tax bracket. And when you're in retirement, you're back down to 20 so my get my thinking is, ah, TFSA is probably good right now, because you're in a 20% bracket. Why get the tax savings at the lowest bracket? Yeah, yeah. Wait till you're jumped into that higher tax bracket, in which case you are in a 43% bracket. You can actually move your tax-free savings accounts over to the RSP mm-hmm. and get that big refund then.
0: Is it usually older or younger people that are using TFSA's? Do you find? Are either start people older starting older? Yeah, they're, they're either either younger or older or
1: more older. You know, I just sat down with clients this week, and and um, the the one woman who's uh, seventy has been using a TFSA, uh, and she uses it more like a bank account. Yeah, yeah. And I have the exact same conversation with somebody who was twenty five. Mm-hmm. You know, they're using it as a bank account. Yeah. In case so they, they build it up and out. then they go on if they use it for yeah. a vacation, they use it for Buy spending. Yeah. They're not building it in as part of their retirement yeah. plan.
2: Yeah. yeah. Right. No, and TFSAs are a great way to save, but again, RSPs don't don't forget about those. And and they're sticky. Yeah, they are sticky. There's that. That's a very good word, actually. And uh, so, even if you did save at the twenty percent bracket, the good thing about them, nobody cashes them in until they're sixty-five anyway. Yeah. yeah. Or and so, but then when you're only making thirty thousand at retirement, you can actually cash in ten, and you're going to only pay twenty percent tax. Mm -hmm. So you can cash in ten thousand. So. Tax bracket management, this is where you talk to your financial advisor and that's a, that's the difference of a financial planner and simply an investment planner. Mm-hmm. They go through this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and this is important and this is guaranteed money. This isn't trying to guess what the market's doing. Yeah. This is the tax system. Number 11, we touched on that in the first part of the show, get those wills done. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest mistakes. I would suggest um, grandkids are sometimes left out and it's nice to leave a token amount, um, say 5000 or something to grandkids. Okay, but you don't have to. It's just... Being a recipient, it was very nice to see mm-hmm. a little money come and I know it went, come my way and it was only $3,000, mm-hmm. but it's like, okay, I know my grandparents left now, yeah, yeah. okay? Number 12, this one's a tough one. Probably the hardest conversation, getting a prenuptial agreement eee. or a cohabitational agreement. Yeah. And if you've got lots of money and your significant other doesn't, then this is where you need this, yeah. okay? So... It's a tough one, but I, you know what? If there's a chance of losing half of your assets, I suggest it might be worth your while. And finally, this is the bonus one: if you've got lots of money, start spending it. Take the—I just had clients go on a Disney cruise. They took their two grandkids and mm. their son and daughter-in-law. Had a fantastic time. I just talked to them this week. Best thing—they'll have more memories about that. But again, that's kind of your bonus. That's when you're financially independent and you're not, you know, as she said, I'm spending my kids inheritance now and I'm gonna see it. So that's when you have plenty, but speak to your advisor to see if you can afford that.
0: We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. We're coming right back. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. Call now. Leave a message. They'll return your call, 905-529-7165. As well, you can check out the website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. Talking about financial mistakes, this time during
1: retirement. During retirement. I I created a top 10 list, and as I was creating my top ten list. I was ticking off the ones that Don <laughs>
0: <laughs> already mentioned. And what do you have left? But
1: I'm putting them on a spin. So I've got three left. <laughs>
0: okay, cool. <laughs> right.
1: Three for sure. But I'll share a couple of stories on the other ones too. But number one uh, mistake I see in terms of retirees is not changing your lifestyle after retirement and mm. coming into retirement with is a is a real change in terms of you know you're you're not adjusting your expenses to your new sort of budget dependent income, right? You mm. you really have a fixed income in many ways. And so you've been used to spending money on clothing and food and entertainment expenses, et cetera. And not that you need to give that up, but you definitely have to do a little less of certain yeah. things. Like maybe it's a little less dining out, whatever it may be. And one thing you tend to forget about is that healthcare costs start to rise over time too. Yeah. So part of your budget kind of shifts away and over into other areas that you may not know about. But um, in preparation for retirement, I think one of the best things you can do is practice for one year. Hmm. So if you had in mind a number, like we were going to live on 5,000 a month, we were going to live on 8,000 a month, whatever that number is going to be, um, practice it for one year. Now, can you'll you have practice, a hard time can selling you that. You're not might, going to work. <laughs> <laughs> you might, <laughs> no, you still have to go to work. <laughs> you still have to go to work, but you just have to spend like you're retired,
0: uh, okay? boss. I'm in retirement mode. I'm just prepping for next year. Exactly. So don't mind if I'm <laughs> exactly. not on my game. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: number two is um, perhaps moving to or failing to move to conservative investments, and and this could be this can go both ways. And Don talked about that one, so I'm going to skip that one. But one of the key things in retirement is something we call sequence of return. Mm-hmm. And if the moment you retire and let's say you turn to switch February 1st and you're now retired and suddenly the market begins to fall yeah. and you're taking money out, how is that going to impact your retirement going forward? So sequence of returns is critical. The more volatile your investments are, the more susceptible you are to a drop in the market, obviously, th- as you're taking income.
2: And this is when your financial planner should do a stress test mm-hmm. and, and, and go through all those scenarios. And,
1: uh, and do that modeling. Do modeling, do a Monte Carlo analysis, mm-hmm. sequence analysis, but also uh, have a plan in place in case it happens. Uh, number three was applying for CPP too early, and uh, we talked about that one. Uh, number four is spending too much too soon. And we talked a little bit about that one, but there's certainly temptation to spend large amounts or chunks of money from the nest egg at the beginning. Uh, I call it the go, go years when you (laughs) want to do everything. And so, uh, it's hard to sort of rein that in a little bit, um, Failure to be aware of frauds and scams. And Mm. I know Don talked about it too. And I remember specifically a client of mine who was in her 80s, got a phone call and the scam was that her nephew, and it's amazing how much information they can get. Uh, Her nephew had been in an accident in Germany and she knew that that he was actually out of the country and that uh, in order for the doctor to uh, carry on with the procedures and the tests, they needed uh, a bank draft of, Mm. of, I think it was uh, $2,200 or something Mm. like that. And and then that was going to be converted to euros. Well, then another couple of days later, they called again and saying, yes, the test came back, but we're there. Uh, we now have to do another procedure and it's going to be another, at the end of it all, it was about $6,000 before she finally, uh, made the calls she needed to make to find out that it was Mm, a scam. Cashing out pensions, number six, and. And many times there are scenarios where somebody is given the opportunity to take the commuted value of their pension in a defined benefit pension plan. And um, and in some cases it can be work, but it's uh, it, it, it can be a big mistake in terms of understanding the, the future cash flow, etc. And you have to really go to a professional to understand the ins and outs of cashing out your pension. Number seven is not being effective tax-wise during retirement. We talked, Don talked a little bit about that too. But I, th- I always think about our T series, which is a mutual fund version that allows people to receive a tax-free income. But being vigilant on your taxes year after year is so critical. Number eight was supporting adult working children, and Don talked about mm-hmm. that. You know, see, really having to avoid giving those large monetary gifts or loans. Um, you know, I get the calls on a regular basis, you know, I'm going to loan some money to one of my children. What do you think and how would I do that? And so, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a touchy conversation because there's emotions and and hearts involved Mm. in all of this as well. Number nine is being house rich and cash poor. And um, as Don said, you know, too many times we're, we've got a lot more house than we need. and, and just Based on sheer size, everything costs more. Your property taxes are higher. Your maintenance Maintenance, costs are higher. Your your heating and electrical insurance, everything is higher. You can really help cut down and and maintain a better retirement by going into, by downsizing and taking some of that cash and and using that to create a predictable income Mm -hmm. uh, by going through the downsizing process. And number 10 is... Not staying active socially and physically, and I think just recently I was um, reading a study about all the issues about longevity, mm-hmm. and the number one, the number one predictor of living longer and a better life is your social connections and being physical. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and, and sorry, specifically social connections. Mm-hmm. If you are not engaged and and talking with people or meeting with people on an ongoing basis, it really does create a prediction that you're going to die much sooner and right. that's that's key
0: does it have to be your spouse uh no, i think that's mind. no but yeah. that's never true mind. it is but your spouse that, is did part I, of it can i say
2: that out loud well, married people do live longer yeah yeah, yeah that's and, true and that's, yeah. that's got to be part of it is that yeah. you have somebody to talk Company, to yeah. and even with <clears> uh, cats and dogs Mm-hmm. They're even showing how yeah, that helps too. That's right. Yeah, so just time. having company, we're definitely not made to be alone. And mm-hmm.
1: so so this sort of comes back to the other thought too, is maybe should you be working? So yeah. you've retired, yeah. but maybe there's something you should be doing on a part-time basis just to get out and interact socially, see people, or maybe get involved obviously from a volunteer perspective. Mm.
0: Yeah. We have been planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox have been here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. You can call now, leave a message. They'll return your call at 905 905- Five two nine seventy one sixty five. That's 905-529-7165. And take a peek at the website, andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. Uh, Andy and one more time, andyanddon.com. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Have Thanks, a great week. Scott. Thanks, Scott.